John 14, uh-huh. 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, I do not give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And Ephesians 2, 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. Let's pray before we begin. Father, we thank you, man, that we can come and worship you. Freely, we can do it. And Lord, this time of the year reminds us why we can freely come. And so we pray as we enter in, Lord, that the words that are spoken will penetrate our hearts. Lord, that you would give me strength even as I stand here to do this, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as a family, that we get to take in your words together. And so, bless this time. Amen. Well, welcome everybody. Second week of Advent, uh, and we're going to be talking about peace this Sunday morning. If you weren't here last Sunday, we talked about hope, and if there was a catchphrase, if there was something that you could take home, it was that hope is an optimism. It has a name, and its name is Jesus. He's come, he solved our first problem, that we're separate from him, and so we can trust and have hope. He's looking after the rest. And so this week, we enter in on peace. Do I need to bring the mic up, or how am I sounding? Am I sounding good? Oop, oop. It was like a zipper almost. This is kind of fun. <laughs> All right, there we go. Does that sound better? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, peace. Peace is a word we hear, all these words, we hear a lot around Christmas time. And peace is something people pursue. People are always looking for We have stories where we wish there were peace. Some of you will go home for Christmas. And your families, and you'll be like, just let there be peace. Maybe some of your families are like this. When some family drama comes up at Christmas, those are two cats about to go at it. I'm not, I don't know who's the cats in your family. You can choose that. But sometimes we know that during this time with our families, right, we're just hoping, oh, just let there be peace, let there be no fights. Please don't let Uncle Tom be there. Please don't let this person be there. Um, I remember my family. I have my grandfather. He has had three wives. Um, <laughs> and then my mom, uh, she's had my, my mom's mom. Uh, she was in the mafia. Yes. And she had a child outside with somebody in the mafia. And so uh, Christmas at our house can be a little bit interesting. There's an uncle who we got to the house, and there's half drink and bottles of alcohol everywhere. And he's like, always just grabbing new ones. And like, this is this drama at Christmas time. I just wish there was peace. I remember being a kid, like, why does it have to be like this? Why does it have to be like this? Pastor Phil, he's talking, he has three daughters. And so he... He needs peace. <laughs> and so he's got three daughters who now, who are of teenage age, and they like, they'll go out, and they'll, they'll be back, you know, maybe at 9 o'clock, but really 11 o'clock. And so he's like, I'm just sitting in bed sometimes, me and Michelle, and just like, Lord, give me peace. As he's just waiting for them, the anxiety. And I can remember my father being like that as I'd make my way home late. 
Um, and so some of you may be in that state too. Oh, just give me peace, having kids. But there are some more unfortunate stories of how we wish there was peace. Right, we can look in the news, and I read this stat that at the, in the first 21 weeks of the year, there had been 22 school shootings. That's unbelievable, more than one per week. Some of them of more, obviously, bigger um, magnitude, but some of them were, yet yeah, one or two people shot. And then I, racism, that's really big right now in our culture. I, can, I grew up in a predominantly African-American community, and in my school, there was this black versus white fights were actually quite the norm. And so there was this one girl, her name was Ebony, they called her T-Bone. So she was in one of these fights, and she hit somebody with a two-by-four across the face. And so this not peace in our world, not peace in our circumstances, not peace around us. She eventually actually went on to come to know Christ, and now she does a ministry within the city where she helps people that were just like her. And so but around Christmas time, we see peace thrown around a lot. And actually, sometimes peace does reign. Have you ever heard of the Christmas truce of 1914? World War I? Yeah? Here we have, this is early in the war. And the French and the German and the British soldiers, they, they crossed trenches and they exchanged greetings. Uh, some of them, they went into no man's land, actually, where it's really unsettled. And they exchanged food and soup or in presents and things like that. And then some, actually, they played football. And then there's actually some joint burial ceremonies. And so they actually had some prisoner swaps that happened too. And so we see peace start to reign sometimes here at Christmas. Because it's something we hope for, something we try to muster up sometimes. We see the need for peace in our world. And the countries, they talk about the search for peace, the search for peace. And people try things to find inner peace in their soul. We have another picture up here. <laughs> Just recently, like Hinduism and the art of yoga, they've become big. And this is the reason why. Because there is a message of peace. Right? Peace. Peace. They've actually taken words like meditation and used them to practice what they're teaching. And I've made the word meditation a scary word, but it's actually... A Christian word. Because the early church was known of having a ministry of peace. It was known that way, having a ministry of peace and reconciliation. There was time they spent meditating on Scripture, I know, but reading Scripture, letting it penetrate their hearts, right? Just not grazing it over, not reading it like a book, but reading a verse over and over. Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Because it's living. He's speaking to us. And they would go to others' homes, and it was said that they would bring peace. It is said our evangelical church, in this day and age, they do this the least. They do less scripture reading, less time in prayer, less time just spending time in the Word. Because when we do that, it brings peace to us, right? Can we remember that blender that I brought? As we spend time with Him, we get more of Him. 
And when we get more of him, we get more of his fruit, peace, love, joy, and those things. He says, but we're called to be known as peacemakers. Peacemakers. People are looking for peace all over this, this time of the year. And actually, we have what everybody's looking for. We have the peace that everybody longs for. If you want to turn to Luke 2, 8 to 14, or if you don't have your Bible, I have it here on the screen. Steve and his family, thank you very much. They read this before uh, they lit the candle, but we're going to read it again. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. In verse 10 here, there are translations that say, Behold, I bring you good tidings. If you have watched Charlie Brown Christmas, we've seen Linus here, right? Behold, I bring you good tidings. And it's this famous quote. But what good tidings actually means is this, that the multitude of angels were literally preaching the gospel to the shepherds. It means literally they were bringing the word of Christ, bringing his power to them. And these shepherds, they were considered social outcasts. We think they're upstanding people, right? Because we see Christ compares himself to him, them. But let's say if you were walking down the street and you got mugged and someone stole your money and there was one witness and that witness was a shepherd and you're like, oh, I need you to come to the court of law to testify for me. They come to the court of law to testify the shepherd does. Yes, this was the guy who actually beat him up. Actually, their testimony was not even considered in the court of law. That's how low they were. They weren't trusted because they really confused thine with mine a whole lot as they traveled around. It wasn't the spirit of giving. It was the spirit of taking. And they were such bad reputation, untrusted. And in verse 14, the shepherds are encountered with the word peace. Peace. And this is huge because, as we read, we know this is what everybody's been waiting for, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for this peace to come. They knew he would bring peace and something that they had longed for this, in, this time. And as we wait, right, sometimes you're in a spirit of waiting or a season of waiting, I mean, right now. I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe the salvation of a family member. Maybe for the sale of a house to go through. Maybe. Maybe you are wishing for a job or waiting for a hear back, to hear back from a, an interview you had. And what we ask for is, is peace. Peace. Lord, give me peace. So the pagans of the first century world, they sense this need for peace and this, and this need for a savior. I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to give it my best. 
Epictetus. That's what it is, officially. Epictetus. A first century pagan writer expressed this. While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, envy. He cannot give peace of heart. For which men yearn for more than even outward peace. Everyone was longing for this inward peace. This inward peace, this peace inside of them. More than they were longing for the wars to stop. Everyone was searching for that peace of heart. And last week we talked about the prophecy in Isaiah 9, 1-7. In case you missed it, is this where Isaiah speaks to the king of Ahaz about the coming of the Messiah. And he calls the Messiah the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, the one who's going to reign. Peace was something that had been fractured. Something that had been separated. Something that was broken. The reason why it had been fractured wasn't because there was a bad ruler. It was maybe a bit a part of it. He wasn't bringing peace. But it was not the reason. What had been fractured was the relationship with us and God. There was no more peace with God. There's no more peace in our relationship with Him. Sin entered the world and sin began to damage the world. Peace was described as this. And we hear that a lot of people say this as shalom. In the Old Testament, it's described as shalom. To bring shalom literally means this to make complete. So when we see things, peace in the Old Testament, Solomon, he brings shalom to the unfinished temple and he completed it. Put a brick on top, completed it. It was now shalom, how it was supposed to be. Or in the Old Testament, if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them. I'm not sure if that's like a verb or (laughs) you shalom them. By giving them a complete repayment for their loss. So you take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom, to make that complete again. To make it the way it was supposed to be. And when rival kingdoms made shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stopped fighting. It's like, okay, shalom, we're done fighting now. That's good. Because, right, even though they might be done fighting, they still might not like each other. You still can't go into that country. It also means they started to work together now in each other's benefit. They started to be a team, to be one. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, but it never happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to the future king, a prince of shalom, a prince of peace. And his reign would bring shalom with no end, a time when God would make a covenant of shalom. And with his people, make it right all wrongs and heal all that had been broken. And we first see this idea of complete shalom in Genesis, right? In Genesis, it happened. When God first began to create, he made everything as it was meant to be. It had been complete. And he even said in chapter 2, it said this. It was finished. He said, I'm done. I've completed it. It's how it was meant to be. Perfect shalom. Shalom. Excuse me. We know how the story in Genesis goes. Sin enters and it destroys this peace that God has made. And there is no longer peace between God and his people. No longer peace in the world. 
Now, if I can give you a visual of what this looks like, I'm not just leaving. I promise I'll be back. This is my personal Lego. Actually, no, this is Malachi's Lego. He has created what he thinks is a Star Wars ship. And it is. And so he's got a little Star Wars guy. But look what we see out, just bricks. They're just perfectly together. There's a perfect line here. And there's stuff falling out. I'll make sure I pick that up. So it was like this. Sin came in. And it took away the completeness of this. Better put this back together. I'll be in the bad books. And so it just began to destroy. It was no longer complete. Shalom, no longer. Peace, no longer. It was no longer whole, what God had made. I was going to bring Jenga in, but <laughs> if it would have fell... It's probably more good representation of how really what happened when sin came in, just knocked it all over. But I would have been here for another 20 minutes trying to play. Then people would try to come up and play with me and be like, oh, we can't play now. Come to my house Christmas time, we'll play Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> so now, back in Luke 2, we see the angels say, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So a baby now is born. And everything is great again, right? There's peace on earth now? A baby's born? I mean, babies are cute and everything. And when you look at a baby, it feels very peaceful. When they're sleeping, it's really peaceful. <laughs> when they're not sleeping and they, they are hungry, it's not so peaceful. 2 a.m., not peaceful. But peace doesn't come along just because baby Jesus was born in a manger. It's the beginning, yes. Peace is here now. But it's a byproduct. It isn't, peace isn't a byproduct of Christmas cheer or happy thoughts. Jesus' birth was only a prerequisite to his final peacemaking effort. And we see it in John 14, 27. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, we have it up here. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. We do not give to you as the, whole, as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Because this peace was going to restore relationships. It encompasses everything God had intended for his relationship with us. This peace that Jesus was going to leave with us. This is before Jesus is about to be betrayed. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace, my. If I could make it like... Capitalize, make you see, I'd capitalize my, my peace. And he's sharing with his disciples and preparing them for what is going to take place. He is saying that he is sending a helper, his Holy Spirit, to come. But the key word is my. My is key because what he is saying is this. He is leaving his peace with God for us. His peaceful relationship with God for us. He is saying, my perfect standing with God, I'm going to be leaving with you. My peace now with him, you will have. The peace that I have in my relationship with God, you are going to have now. You will now have this through my death and resurrection, and you will get to experience the peace of God. As I mentioned in Genesis 2, God said right before, after he finished, it is 
finished. It is complete. And when we see Jesus on the cross and he dies, he also says this, it is finished. He is saying he has come now to complete the relationship again. So we see that correlation in Genesis 2. And when Jesus dies on the cross, he has now come, he's made perfect shalom again with us and God. God had created shalom in Genesis 2. Jesus had restored shalom, peace. But wait, what do you mean it is finished? You call this peace? This world that we live in, peace? There's no peace here, as I mentioned before, as we've seen in the, in the news. So Christ had finished and restored what was broken. I'm going to put these back together. Perfect shalom again. So the opportunity for perfect shalom has come. Now peace between man and God could be experienced again. And now that we could experience peace with God, we can experience the relationship we are meant to have, which includes intimacy, blessing, and an unimpeded flow of divine love with him. Because we see what peace does is this. In the midst of our craziness of the world, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of... Um, an unfortunate situation. When we have Christ, we have peace with God, and it does this to our situations. It passes all understanding. His peace, now it passes all understanding. In the second part of John 14, 27, it says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The world can only offer peace, right? As Epictetus said, only in like ending wars. The world can actually offer peace in just good circumstances too. When something's good, people have peace. But the peace that Jesus offers cannot be understood. It cannot be grasped. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And Paul said this when he was in jail. We all have situations that we're going through, and we need peace in this. As long as we live in the world, we need peace that passes all understanding in the bad. This reason, this peace that passes all understanding is because it doesn't change our circumstances all the time. There's this story in John 20, 19 to 21, and Jesus, he had died, and now he's starting to make visits, right? He visited Mary after he died. And then his disciples, they are now, they've locked themselves in a room. Two reasons why they locked themselves in the room. The, the person that they followed had just been killed. They're like, we're guilty by association. They're, they might be coming after us now. They might be coming looking for us. And so here they are, fearful, locked in a room. The second reason was, is because the Romans, right after Jesus had come out of the tomb, the Romans said, his disciples took them. And so here they are, they're thinking now, I'm guilty by associations, and now I'm being framed for stealing Jesus' dead body. And so they have locked themselves in the room. Then Jesus appears in the room. Now I wonder what they thought. Jesus, get out of here. You're going to get us busted. And like, no, they probably didn't do that. Jesus had come. 
And the first thing he said, he said, look at my hands, look at my side. And he said, peace be with you. And they were overjoyed, overjoyed, overjoyed. Nothing had changed outside of those walls. They were still known as followers of Jesus who was just put to death. There was still that uncertainty of, hey, they took the body. They were still accused of those things. But peace doesn't change our circumstances. It changes our hearts. It does something with inside of us. The only thing that changed is that Jesus gave them peace. And we all have stories like this. This time last year, uh, probably one of the most stressful times we've ever come across, our littlest, Evie, she started doing this weird thing. It looked kind of like sneezing, but it wasn't sneezing. It lasted probably about a week. And it, when she, it happened, it would happen like, probably for like a minute, these things. And so we're like, this isn't normal. And so we went to the doctors to see what was going on. And she was diagnosed with what's called infantile spasms, which are seizures. We didn't know what it was going to hold for us at this moment. We didn't know what actually the life that was going to happen. I remember Kim took Evie up to the hospital, and I stayed back with the boys, and there was just chaos in the home. They just knew something wasn't right. We just prayed that peace would come upon us. And in the midst of uncertainty, they gave us medicine, steroids that she would have to take, which explains the muscles now. But... Thank you for laughing. And so, but we didn't know. Is this going to be it? What damage has now happened? In the midst of uncertain, our, our circumstances had not changed. Christ gave us peace. Christ gave us peace in circumstances. And so, where we're at right now, there's so much going on in our world, in your families. So much anxiety, so much things that we can't control. But if we can have somebody who has made perfect peace in our hearts now with our relationship with God, and now who can bring us a peace that passes all understanding. So if you're feeling anxious because of what's happening outside, rest assured that you can have peace inside of you, peace that passes all understanding the peace of the world, the prince of peace. He wants to reign in your heart. I'm just going to close here. Now, the peace we have received from Christ, we are now to give peace. So this is where it starts to change. Those circumstances, they begin to change now. We see in this story in John 20, 19 to 21, where I said Jesus came and he appeared to them. And all of a sudden they had peace. Even though nothing had changed on the outside of the walls, everything changed inside their hearts. These very men who deserted Christ, who deserted him, who ran in fear, and who were now hiding behind a locked door, that he was going to send them, these top-notch people, to teach men and women how to be saved from their sins. Isn't it quite amazing that Jesus would send these men, even though they've already blown it? But this is what the plan was now, that he would use us to spread peace. 
that he would use us to bring peace to this world. Matthew 5, 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers, who we are supposed to be, that ministry of peace, you know how Hinduism and, and yoga have taken that, we need to take that back. We offer the peace that everyone's looking for. The peace that passes all understanding. The peace that can change, actually, circumstances in people's hearts. In Scripture, it says this, Romans 14, 19. Let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Ephesians 4, 3. Bind yourselves together with peace. Hebrews 12, 14. Try to live in peace with everyone. And that's hard. Making peace with others is hard. I mean, Jesus came to bring peace, right? And pass on his peace. And he was killed. But we have the one who brought the peace. We have him on our side. We have him inside of us, inside of our hearts. Peace has come. And I'll invite the worship team to come up. Peace is this. Peace isn't a dream. You know how we dream, wish the world would be like this. We are hoping for this. Peace isn't a dream. Peace, it has a name, and its name is Jesus. And he can bring peace to our hearts. And then as we have peace in our hearts, peace with him, peace in our relationship with God, we can therefore go and make peace. Reconcile others to this peace. In Ephesians 2.14, it says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Peace in the Greek, in this scripture that I just read, is called Irene, which means he was the whole complete human, Jesus, that I was made to be but failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. What peace is now described as in the New Testament is salvation. We want peace in the world. Let's be ministers of peace. Let's share of this good news with others. This salvation, this arena. And bring them the wholeness that they are so longing for. But they, are, they, can, they cannot find. Jesus now, through his spirit, gives us the ability to do what he did. To bring peace. To be those of peace. I'm going to pray. And if you want to stand with me as I pray. If you feel comfortable as we stand. If you want to put your hands like this. This is a sign. You don't have to. If you don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to make you do anything. But I just want to pray peace upon you. Maybe some of you are going through something and you need to feel that peace that passes all understanding. Maybe some of you don't know Christ. You need peace in your heart. We have it here through the knowing of Jesus Christ. Maybe you know Christ. But you know sometimes when we aren't reading our Bible, when we're not maybe close to Him, we can feel separated. 
Right? We're not, we're not pushing down on the blender. We're not activating the fruits in our lives. I just want to pray with you. So if you feel comfortable, put your hands out like this. Feel you need this. Okay? If you don't, that's okay. Father, thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. You've come to rule in our hearts. Lord, you've come to take take over, not in a hostile way, right? When we have Prince of Peace, that's not hostility. That's love. You know what's going on inside of our hearts and how it tears us apart sometimes. But you want to bring us peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace in every circumstance. When we thank you, Father, that even as we pray right now, you are calming our hearts. You are pointing us back to you, pointing us to this cross here, and pointing us to this manger where you first came as a sign of peace. So, Father, I pray as we leave this place, that we will be messengers of peace.